to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com hey slutty scholars i'm part of an awesome podcast network called pleasure podcasts we feature some of the top sex and relationship podcasts in the world this week i wanted to tell you about another awesome show in our network my friends over at good moms bad choices they've got a podcast a retreat and now even a book here's a trailer from their show What's up? We're Good Moms, Bad Choices podcast. Two moms living in L.A., the valley to be exact. Duh. But don't get it twisted. We keep it 100, real, and unfiltered every Wednesday. This is not your average mom show. No DIYs, mommy hacks. Or complaining about how our kids just hit their 60-month milestone. This is grown folks talk. That's right, because mama got to have a life, too. Nothing is off limits as we discuss mental health, sex, motherhood, dating, culture, and our sometimes bad choices. With a range of guests from social activists to porn star parents, this is a judgment-free zone for moms, women, and anyone looking for their tribe. Join us, your hosts, Erica and Mila of Good Moms, Bad Choices podcast. Every Wednesday on all podcast platforms. Sluts and Scholars is a podcast produced by Sluts and Scholars Media, LLC. It is a shame-free educational podcast made for your entertainment and informational desires only. The podcast, any opinions we share, and any resources, including social media and emails from us, are not therapy, medical care, or professional advice, and do not create a patient-client relationship. None of the information, opinions, suggestions, resources, or exercises mentioned in this podcast should be used without clearance from your healthcare provider. All opinions, information, and ideas expressed by the guests are solely their own. If you need emergency mental health or medical help, please call 911 or 988 or go to your nearest emergency center. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta Heidegger, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and sexologist. And this week, I'm really excited to be in studio uh, with Destin Garrick, a globally recognized leading voice in masculinity, sexuality, and personal empowerment, a certified sexologist through the American College of Sexologists International. He is the founder and CEO of the Evolved Masculine, a pioneering coaching and training company for men and author of the best-selling book, The Evolved Masculine. Be the man the world needs and the one she craves. His innovative lens is the result of more than 20 years of academic rigor and direct study, including seven formative years traveling the world, living and teaching as his provocative alter ego, the erotic rock star. Uh, Dustin has taken the most potent aspects of his bold life experimentation and integrated it into his iconic body of work, directly supporting thousands of men to have better sex, deeper connections to their masculine power, women and themselves. Welcome, Dustin. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm really uh, excited to dive in with you today. I've been listening to and exploring your podcast and the ways in which you conduct these these conversations and it's great. Thank it's you. It's great. And it's all topics that I love. So <laughs> Okay. So I have to say off the yeah. bat, I have often looked for men's programs to refer clients to. Mm-hmm. And I often feel how do I say this? I feel like I have flashbacks sometimes to this like old adage of like the game Mm. and pickup artist stuff. And so there's oftentimes where I want to refer men because I'm like the men in our world need support, Yeah, right? We can't just say like all men are trash, figure it out. We Mm. need to to help. Well, that's a lot of what we've been doing, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. And so but I'm sort of like, okay, I think back and I'm like all these men's programs, there's often this air of like woke dude who's also predator. Uh-huh. Tell me how this is different. Okay, sure. Um, woke dude, he's also... So this is like the spiritual fuckboy. Uh, well, um, arguably, I in my past, I've carried elements of the spiritual fuckboy before that was really a phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point in my life, I'm in a very, very different phase. Married, very happily married, uh, to incredible children, five years old and two years old. While we don't have the most traditional marriage, we're we're on the monopoly spectrum somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, fluidly on that spectrum. Uh, <laughs> my sense of fulfillment mm-hmm. is quite high, and quite honestly, I f- I find that that mode that you speak of is like what some in certain parts of this 
spiritual community and plant medicine communities refer to as a, a hungry ghost. Mm. This like see- constant seeking of fulfillment that's never quite going to be fulfilled okay. and always seeking of more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this place in my life, I, I don't hold that anymore. Like I'm, I'm, I'm whole, I'm fulfilled. And so I think that who we learn from and where they're moving from in their personal life mm-hmm. really does matter. Who, who we are ripples out into what we do in the world. It's actually why like my private clients tend to be who we'll call hyper successful men. And this is part of my messaging to them. I'm like, you hold, you know, you create big friggin' ripples in the world. Yeah. Everywhere you are out of alignment, those misalignments come, you know, come through in those ripples. Mm. So if you want to be, ha- if you care about impact, mm. then get into alignment and quite often how they are in relationship to their notions of their masculinity, their sexuality, and how they understand and relate to women and the feminine. It's a core part of that misalignment. Mm-hmm. So let's get that in alignment so that your effect has that more positive alignment. And I, earlier we were speaking about, you know, kind of the advances in AI and, yeah. and tech and such. And <laughs> I think that this is particularly true of, you know, this predominantly or this male dominated uh, field, like, men, dude, seriously, get into alignment with the feminine because mm-hmm. um, it is affecting these technologies that are driving our entire culture, <laughs> the entire human civilization. Let's actually like define masculine and feminine, right? Sure. On this show, obviously, I talk a lot about um, non-binary things. Yeah. And today, I think we're kind of talking about this duality. So yeah. how do you kind of conceptualize masculine yeah. energy and like feminine energy what is what does that yeah. even mean well, i i'd like to speak of it as well like in the context of this gender revolution conversation that's <laughs> that we're in the midst of uh in the in the world today because quite often i see these as completely separate conversations mm-hmm. um you have those who are really railing against the gender binary um, you have those who are really railing against those who are railing against the binary. <laughs> and then there's this other conversation over here, in, especially in these like new age, spiritual, conscious, whatever circles mm-hmm. um, that f- do a, speak a lot about masculine and feminine. And how do we embody both and, and step in and out of these? Well, that's the better part of the conversation. There, there's a sizable chunk of that conversation that that. It, it, that really just reinforces the binary, mm-hmm. if you if you ask me. But yes, as you were referring to, I believe very strongly that masculine and feminine are these energies that exist in this world, in this universe. Uh, as far as duality, it's the same as there's light and there is dark, and there's there is no light without dark. There's no dark without light. Uh, there's no left without right, up without down, etc. Um, so. Uh, so is this this notion of these masculine energies, which can be thought of as um, directional, goal oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I like a lot of the elements that come out of tantric philosophy of uh, pure consciousness, that witnessing without judgment. So the the that like the part of the self that this we're gonna get really woo real quick. <laughs> uh, the, the part of you that is beyond the thinking mind, the part that like notices and is aware of the thoughts that come through. Mm-hmm. We can get very lost in the thoughts, mm-hmm. but then there's also that part that is noticing the thoughts where mm-hmm. that's being spoken to. Mm-hmm. Like that's that pure consciousness part. So through the tantric lens, like that that's that's the masculine principle is that pure consciousness. Mm-hmm. And then the feminine principle, um, also known as Shiva. Okay, I'm going to give this explanation real quick. Okay. <laughs> we're, <laughs> so, going there. Yeah, we're going there. I don't know where he's um, um, known, known as Shiva in this tantric uh, mythology. Okay. And in the feminine principle, known as Shakti, is pure energy. So the animating force of, of the universe <laughs> that. Um, yeah, that which gives life, that's which allows motion, movement, um, even thought you know, has a, a movement behind it. Uh, all of that is, is Shakti or, or the feminine. So what I, what I really, one of the first things that had me like really fall in love with tantric philosophy mm-hmm. is their creation mythology. Mm-hmm. St- standing in such contrast to like Judeo-Christian or Muslim um, uh, creation mythology, tantric philosophy is 
very sexual. Mm. It, it's it, there is this sacred union, aka making love, fucking whatever you want to call it, uh, between Shiva, this masculine pure consciousness, mm-hmm. and Shakti, this pure energy. However, you want to get made love, Taylor came into union, and all of existence came into being through the merging of consciousness and energy. So I, I, I freaking love that. First, one of the reasons why I love that is that there is no hierarchy. There's no hierarchy there between masculine and feminine, which we so often see in modern patriarchal culture. Yeah. Um, the, the masculine element, the consciousness and the energy are equally important. They are not the same, but they are, they are equally important and equally valuable and, and equally powerful. Okay, so as we're thinking about these like masculine and feminine energies, um, I guess going back a little bit to my first question, like how do we know when something is performative, uh-huh. performative masculinity, sure. performative energy yeah. versus being that thing? That's a great question. I, I, <laughs> I, uh, but I think I, there's a lot of people who, and, and, and I understand why, you know, who are sort of like, how do I not be an asshole? That's sure. Right. And so they, they think and they, um, they take classes or they, um, they read books and they're trying to sort of like behave in a certain way yeah. to not be perceived as predatory or to sure. not be perceived as a jerk or whatever it is. Um, how do we kind of cross this line that goes from be like doing and performing sure. into being, uh, I'm- <laughs> complicate this thing further and, and think so a, a few years ago i i had um um i had a trans man on my podcast the evolved masculine redefining sex power and success and um and we he was talking a lot about performative masculinity from from the perspective as a, a trans man and this is one of those moments you've had these moments with your guests where like something hits you in some way but you don't necessarily know how to respond in the moment but it kind yeah, of sticks with you over time and you just kind of play around with it boom i'm heading back to it yeah. um, so i i think that you can see this with uh people when they're in their their uh transition as well it can often be especially initially mm-hmm. this element of of performance of okay so this is what this man or woman is is supposed to be or can be like i can do that let me let me try that on Mm -hmm. and so i don't think it's inherently a bad thing it's just not a place to land Mm -hmm. you know i think it can be part of the starting point exactly i think it can be part of the exploration but where you want where you want to find really is there is there's an energy that when you find it you can feel it in your body. So my journey around my masculinity was complicated. It was hard. Much of it was a struggle. That's why I do this work. <laughs> it did not come easy to me, or actually it's probably, it's not even just why I do this work. It's why I'm good at doing this work because it didn't come easy. I had to figure out all these different pieces. I had to understand, I need, you know, I, I understand what it's like to not feel that connection to have to have disconnect to feel different other to judge um well like you said to have this hunger of needing some kind of validation and operating from that hunger and and so what you know i find what i find in the modern world today is i there's a sizable chunk of men who are really struggling with their notions of masculinity and it, it can be they can be struggling with it from one of two directions. Mm-hmm. Uh, either they're really like digging in their feet into old notions of toxic masculinity, patriarchal thinking, and they're struggling in that sense because here's here's this world that's that's happening that's basically saying no, right? Like no, we're not going to fucking accept this shit anymore. Well, unfortunately, and- <laughs> the way that a lot of us approach it then leaves people feeling more defensive and not willing to maybe step in to do the work. It's really hard. So then there, there's this other set of men, um, which tend to be more the men who come my way, okay. who who have heard the messaging of the past you know, decade to three, four decades. Uh, of, <laughs> well, no, 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 more the, the more recent yeah. uh, generations of, of messaging of no, like, like, this is bad. Yeah. Don't uh, like all the examples we have in the media today of what not to do, what not to be, and men yeah. behaving badly, etc. Yeah, and see that and like I don't want to be that. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But but what do I do? What do I do exactly? 
So I think that there's a lot of men, especially those younger than myself, I'm saying 45 next month, um, uh, more and more who who have shunned the old way, but are very much grappling with what then. And that's really what I what I created the evolved masculine as a means to address mm-hmm. uh, as an antidote to toxic masculinity as a, okay, not just don't do this, don't be that, but here, here's some inspiring examples and models that, that you can look to take what's useful, leave what isn't to paraphrase the Bruce Lee and, uh, and, 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 and add what is uniquely your own. I think that's the rest of the quote um, that we need the, we need, healthy role models of uh, modern men, of masculinity, uh, empowered masculine expression that actually embraces, encourages, and celebrates the rise of women in their power. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a huge part of it. Yeah. That's not intimidated by it, not, uh, not intimidated from a, a collapse, mm-hmm. not, not intimidated by it in a, let me put you back in your place, mm-hmm. but rather like, Yes, this is fucking awesome. How can I support your rise and be inspired to to evolve and rise alongside with you? Yeah, I mean, so what do you think are, you kind of said it already, but what are some of the main things you're seeing some of your clients struggle with? Like, what are what are some themes that people are coming to you with? And, and I guess like the main toxic shame spirals that you're seeing for men in our current generation. I want to normalize um, it for yeah. people who are listening, you know, who are who are like, yes, I I know I'm struggling with this. I want to shift. I want to to do differently, but um who haven't been taught. Okay, so I, the first thing that came to my mind, it, it I address sexuality related stuff quite a bit. No. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I just I believe that well, when it's my root, like that goes my education training around uh, human sexuality, sexuality education goes back 25 years. Mm-hmm. Um, my specific focus on men has been maybe 11, 12 of that. It's about half now. How we, like the Me Too movement was this giant mirror for men that, hey, maybe this programming we've received around our sexuality and around how to be with women mm-hmm. is flawed. Honestly, you can go through my social media, et cetera, and you'll see it's like, I was talking about this shit for so long and it was mostly feeling like I'm hitting my head against the wall. And that cracked, you know, this is, this is to give women some, some hope really, because prior to that, and then after was a world of difference in my professional world. You've seen a lot more people reaching out. A lot more reaching out, a lot more openness. I can start to speak anything about my work and, and everybody's ears perk up. That was not always the case. Was not always the case. Okay, some optimism. So there, there really, there really is cause for optimism. There's a more and more men who really are seeking a better way. Right now, we just have a lack of models. So to answer your question, uh, in dealing with the sexuality piece, one thing that comes up a lot is various feelings of inadequacy. Women are uh, owning their sexuality in ways that their mothers and certainly grandmothers never could have imagined their desires their fantasies um their yeses and their nos mm-hmm. and and quite frankly uh, men have a lot of catch-up to do they do yeah i i, I also personally have really come to believe that there is a uh, an eternal as, as somebody said um to me recently that they seem to feel like I've tapped into. There's this eternal unmet yearning within uh, the feminine part of women that um, that most men do not understand, let alone know how to meet. Mm, say more. Sure. I, <laughs> we're, 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 this is, this is kind of one of my main like uh, areas I, I, I enjoy um, speaking about. That one ground level has to do with this element of safety and being seen. I agree with um, that. Balanced with what does authentic feminine desire and sexuality look like and want. And quite frankly, I think a lot of people have no clue, including a lot of women, primarily, not solely, but primarily because we have been so saturated in a very particular depiction of sex through, uh, through Media. modern, well, particularly modern porn culture. 
um, which it, you know, which is done through a very particular male lens. Um, and it's, I say this to not, not as an anti-porn message. I personally believe that like seeing people in sexual arousal is actually a really great thing. And the industry itself could use some serious evolution. I mean, I don't know if this is what you're getting at and I hate yeah. to like minimize it to this old trope, but I do yeah. still feel like it's true in a lot of ways is like how to find mask folks who both embody what you're saying this yeah. like safety groundedness and security yep. while also being people that i want to fuck yes yeah no i mean i think that you're you're nailing it you're just uh you know putting in different right. language <laughs> because i think yeah. a lot of people that i work with yeah and myself included often we'll find partners who it's like okay this is aligning in all the ways that i maybe want a long-term partner yeah. and the qualities that i'm looking for yeah. um and that's often not the kind of person who i find is like sexually exciting okay right the sexually exciting person is the person yeah. who i'm like i don't know if we could date but it's yeah. gonna be fun so and often, this is an old trope but i still this has see something it. so often this has something to do with i guess in like modern thing it's like the esther perel right like mm -hmm. how do we have this connection but still yeah. have some eroticism oh. <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna hit the esther perel part let's just put that to the side for a moment because okay. i think that that adds a different complexity to the conversation <laughs> so heart power and sex, right? Point through this because I think through a tantric ch chakra lens in that sense. But um, a lot of these, the the men who are meeting that safety need and the relationship need, etc. Like you can feel their heart more easily. They mm. they know how to connect with you. They may have, uh, they might have greater emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. You might have um, uh, uh, a deeper sense of uh, compassion or attunement. Mm -hmm. However, quite too often, these men have uh, more of a disconnect to certain aspects of their own power, certain aspects of their own masculinity, and certain aspects of their own sexuality. Then on the other side, you, ha you have men who are... Uh, have, mm, like really own are only thinking the, of power yes um power and and sex and like own and claim those desires but are often disconnected more from their hearts disconnected more from like the awareness or attunement to the other and the impact that they're having on the other person mm -hmm. so this gets back to a lot of more what, like narcissistic kind of vibes. say that okay you, you can say that but so th this gets back to the um you know, how I've come to envision the evolved masculine um, r really draws from the value that each of these types of men yeah. have to offer. Mm -hmm. While, like, these men often take part of their identity in not being the other man. Mm. Yeah, say more like sure, sure. Like so competitive comparison uh, way. I mean, sort of. Like, it, I don't want to be that guy. Well, that that's the the good you know the good guy that's uh it, it often sees the um uh, that sex power focused whatever man as uh the bad boy we'll just say as the um you know a, as an asshole as the a, a, a perpetrator or abuser as uh, as toxic as you know one of these pseudo alpha but also you know, the person who like gets connections and lots, you know, and lots of resentment that's often caught up in that as well. Mm -hmm. Then you have these, these men who, uh, you know, maybe in, on the self self-defined alpha side, or unfortunately, you know, th that side is filled with those who really embody the, like the underlying truth of what they are trying to mean there. And then you have a much larger set of men who kind of want to be that and, uh actually end up being the most harmful in their attempts to try to prove themselves to be something mm. so anyway but these in that same thing i see a lot of folks who um i think want to embody this yeah. like kind grounded person yeah. and then they feel like they've been punished for it ah uh, yes or not chosen but, uh, hold on. So, so, <laughs> so so the bad boys alpha uh cetera types of men often identify themselves as, as not being you know the beta the cuck the the pushover the yeah. um uh simp etc all all, right. all all these uh words that we've created in order to other mm -hmm. um other and diminish mm. 
Um, but the truth is, these two types of men have things to learn from one another. They generally have something that the other one is is weaker in. And it's a balance. There's a balance to be found. Um, and and I feel like my my life has been a lot about finding that balance within myself, strengthening the parts that were weaker, toning down the parts that were like oh that that needed evening out. We'll just say. Mm. Um, so you're you're saying about well, the guys who try to be the, the nice guy and then end up feeling like they're punished. Quite often, first of all, this is part of my history. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I've learned a lot through that. Uh, a big part of it for me was about learning about boundaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, had to do with an aspect of my own self-worth that I didn't understand was lacking. Mm. Um, uh, an aspect that that found, uh, you know, these people please their tendencies, or which something to be known as nice guy syndrome, mm-hmm. uh, where my sense of uh, self, my value, um, my okayness was determined in large part by how i showed up how i gave to others what i could do for for you mm-hmm. i was a horrible receiver and a- along with that you know just give 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 because well then maybe i mean really in retrospect i look at it as an unconscious form of manipulation if there were things that i was wanting and yearning for but i didn't know how to really own the truth of those desires or i felt mm. it was a shame around having those desires i didn't mm-hmm. think i was worthy of those desires yeah. so that if i just give enough then then it will be given to me but then and when they, they weren't be being met then when they weren't being met i was filled with resentment yeah. never mind the fact that i never actually asked for what i wanted yeah or i was constantly having my boundaries court uh crossed and being you know sometimes responding with it like intense anger at that mm-hmm. or cross it or quite often crossing my own boundaries and i'm realizing it and being resentful or angry about it yes but the truth was i didn't understand what my boundaries were let alone how to communicate or maintain those boundaries mm-hmm. so I, again i i think that i found that i'm not at all alone in that that this this is an aspect of um uh that men who who learned usually while boys that their sense of like how to follow the rules, mm-hmm. how to give people what they thought that they wanted in order to maintain a sense of safety. Yeah. I mean, what are some other things that you see being taught to people or like what was taught to you, right? Or not taught? Uh, oh my God. Uh, here, here's a, here's, here's one I like. <laughs> so I, I grew up with this notion that I was a sensitive boy and that this was the worst thing in the world I could be. Yeah. And that was punished left, right, and center for being a sensitive boy. Oh, that even makes and, me like tear up when people say that because it's so, it's sad. Um, that the message was kill off this part of yourself, yeah. stifle it, diminish it, toughen up, man up, etc. Like, don't feel. Don't I was feel. Literally at a wedding yesterday yeah. and the, um, chapel i don't know whatever the person officiating it um during the ceremony gave this thing and he was like whispered to the groom but like so people could hear in like a pretend whisper it was like remember the dude rule 133 this is one of the three times in your life where you're allowed to cry Uh, and i was just like fuck this guy (laughs) (laughs) so I, I mean, these are, these are the very structures that I think many of us are, are working to break yeah. down. Right. They are still very strong in, in our society. Mm-hmm. And, um, okay, I want to hit this from two directions. Well, but the reason why I brought that up, though, is that I've learned in adulthood that my sensitivity is the root of all of my fucking superpowers. Mm. My, the ways in which I learned to be quite an extraordinary lover all rooted in my sensitivity, my ability to, to, to sense and attune and feel what is going on for, for my lover, usually one, mm-hmm. um, uh, so that I could, I could read her body so well, she'd think I was reading her mind. I could, uh, before any, before any sense of defensiveness or boundary can come up, I'm noticing and I'm adjusting. Mm-hmm. And so this relaxation can occur in Tune her right. body. And yes, in, I have a heightened, heightened sense of attunement. Why? Because of that same sensitivity that I was told I'm supposed to destroy as a boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, likewise, I've become, you know, I've become a quite recognized uh, 
uh, you know, transformational coach, you know, helping people create radical change in their lives. How did I get so good? My attunement, my sensitivity, my ability to really uh, tune into these subtleties of what is going on for another person in all these different little tiny ways that most anyone would never freaking notice. I notice. Why? Because I put the attention into cultivating the very thing that I was told was a weakness. Mm. So, men, your sensitivity, however large or small currently is, it is a gift. It is a gift worth giving attention to and cultivating. Okay. But there's the other side of it, which is quite often what I see in, in modern society. You know, everything's so friggin' polarized. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's Instead, there's this other side of messaging of like, you know, men just like, you know, being your emotions more, cry more, et cetera. But when I was first trying to figure all this out, you know, I, I just, I dove into my emotions and I was expressing them wildly. And the feedback that I was getting, not just from men, from, but from women was like, was not good. And not just, good. Just a little unhinged. Yes, a little unhinged, <laughs> but also like, this is not welcome. Like, this is, this is, and like, uh, on one level, I could have taken it as, see, this is just hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Like you say you want this, but you don't really want this, which quite honestly, you could find loads of message message boards that, that say that this, but I don't think that's actually true. I think it, it's, it's an end approach. Mm-hmm. From there, I had to learn how to feel my emotions, but not be ruled by emotions. So I can learn to, to not deny my emotion, not to stifle it, to let it move through me. But there's still a solid core that I've spent years and years now cultivating so I can hold those emotions, not just react in the moment, mm. but, oh, okay. I feel it or I feel my I, I feel my anger, I feel my sadness, I feel my exhilaration, and I can I can let it just like move through me. I can let it I, I can just act from it. I can also just feel it in my system and do nothing. Learning to be with an intensity of emotion or intensity of energy is a very, very powerful thing. And quite honestly, that, that kind of tips over or um bleeds over into the work I do around sexual self I was just going to say, I bet that's helpful for being able to like tolerate desire. Um, desire, uh, intense amounts of sexual energy in your body that would make another man just ejaculate. Uh-huh. No, no, no. You can cultivate your ability to hold greater sensation and intensity in your system. I know that feeling more of a connection and mastery with your feelings and sensations um, is a process. But is there any sort of like tangible first step that you think for folks listening who are like, okay, I want that. I want to want that. I've got to give a little bit of a warning. The truth is the things that I'm into and the things that I share a lot, I'm not so much a quick fix type of a guy. I am a quick fix thing. Is it? I am a, Get clear on a vision of the man that you really want to be in this world, your evolved masculine self. I've got a whole process to help you with that. And commit your everything to actualizing yourself as him. And that is a path. That is a path that doesn't take place over the course of a weekend workshop. That doesn't even take place over over months. That is a lifelong path. But the thing is, I... I intentionally stepped onto that path, I would say, in 2007. So now we're going to say, what, we're at 16 years now. You're still on it. I'm still on it. But oh my God, I can't imagine how different my life would be if I wasn't on that path. That there, am I, do I 100% embody my ideal notions of my evolved masculine self 100% of the time? Uh Uh-uh. If only. If only. But more and more so every day over the course of 16 years. And, and still though, that vision continues to, to evolve because as I, as I get closer to it, I see things I couldn't have seen before. Mm-hmm. I understand things in new ways. So I, I want to get back to the question after, after saying this path is work and it is work that pays dividends through your entire friggin' life on every level 
greater sense of confidence how do you embody yourself how you move through the world your your likelihood of like reaching your professional goals or exceeding them your relationship desires your sexual desires any and every one of them expands exponentially by actually committing to doing this work so i mean this see this is part of my my masculine aspect of, of self it's just like that cut through confrontational challenge saying look i'm not here to, to simply uh you're not like the guru uh, well yes that too but but i'm not simply here here to be like men like wherever you are wherever you are you know just accept yourself as you are yes accept yourself as you are and commit to more commit to doing better commit to being better this is a big part i think of where we are as men in our society today mm -hmm. is it's the ways in which i don't know ego mm -hmm. can is the biggest stumbling block to growth but yeah. it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter how much you've done it doesn't matter how great of a lover you are how big of a dick you have how many women you you have how how anything it doesn't it doesn't fucking matter whoever you are you can grow you can evolve you can do and be better and quite honestly especially in this mode in this place we are in society today a big part of that growth is learning how to listen more deeply to women to the and then when I when I'm separating out right now the women and the feminine. So how how we listen to women and what's happening, what women on a larger collective level are trying to communicate to us, as well as the particular woman or women in your life. And then I'm also going to say the the feminine, so this feminine principle, this 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 energy that that you hold, learning to fucking listen to the feminine inside of you, and not shun it, not diminish it, not make it wrong, but be like, hey, there's this softer part within you mm -hmm. there's this emotional part within you what is she trying to communicate to you what is she needing more of and how do we grow in a way to hold that how do we grow to create more safety for that in this world yeah i, I can keep fucking going forever no, I don't want to say like, how do we convince men to do this? Right. Cause it's not like you have to make the choice. Right. And I wonder like, what is more, I have an answer to that though. Yeah. An invitational language to be like, Hey, could you do this work? Or like, I need you to do this work or I think in a way that I, I, men would actually want to do. I think that the ba basis of it really comes down. And again, I learned this is the nice thing about doing my work for 20 years. You know, there, there are all these questions that I have that then I spend years trying to understand and mm -hmm. <laughs> that everyone, pretty much everyone in this world carries, uh, carries a question in their mind as would they're engaging with any conversation, any piece of media, et cetera, mm -hmm. which is like, what's in it for me? Mm -hmm. They're trying to understand like, how do I benefit from this? How do I, I grow from that? You know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, whether you're a man, a woman, uh, otherwise identified, I think that it's really about men increasingly understanding this benefits you what we have to benefit from evolving and growing in this change far exceeds anything that we're losing will be there it is change it is transformation we are in a time of change and transformation women have completely utterly shattered the way in which the world was like the way in which uh men and women were engaging with one another and their their place in that world over the past several generations, that game has changed. And as men, I think that we, we're still trying to first accept that something has changed and that it's not going back. And instead, to actually recognize that when we meet that and start to collaborate more together mm -hmm. in creating what's next, what we can create together will far exceed and uh, anything that came before. We can create something where we all benefit, where just feeling superior to women is nothing compared to what women have to offer when they are in their fullness, when they do feel safe, when their sexuality can be fully expressed from their own desire 
from their own authentic expression and not just out of fear, not just placating, not just contorting it into what she thinks men are wanting it to be, but when it's actually in the truth of what it is and can be, mm. oh my God, it's fucking incredible. Incredible. It's it's awed me. It has ch- utterly changed me as a human being. And that is, and that to me is far beyond anything that performative sexuality can do or be. Mm. I love how passionate you are about it. <laughs> so and much so. I know now that yeah. you're also um, a parent, yeah. not just of your own inner child, <laughs> but of two, uh, you know, other entities. Speaking of things that change you. Um, <laughs> how has this shifted at all your thoughts about like masculinity yeah. and um, yeah, maleness? Yeah. Now that you're a parent. Uh, it's a great question. Thank you. Like, first of all, being, becoming a parent is ego death. It's ego death. It, it completely, like, it, 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 there's like a complete dissolution of self, like who I, who I thought of myself as and how I moved through the world. There's before parenthood and after parenthood. And the truth is, I'd say it took me two to three years to, to truly transition, mm-hmm. um, to where now it is, the center of my identity, mm-hmm. being a father, um, and I, as men, we are way undersupported in how to navigate that transition. And I'm like, I, I, I ask myself one level, like, how do how do men do it? And then we look around the world and you say, well, a lot, not so well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and from here, it's, uh, I, I say that with from a place of compassion because I understand there's so little support, so little guidance. Now, as for your question, a lot of these things were theoretical before, or the sense of like, I doing my work from a desire to like make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Now it's I look at my children. It's like to make the world a better place for my children to grow up into. Mm-hmm. You know that. Um, my daughter's five. You know, uh, right now, the uh, in the world today, the percent of likelihood of my of my daughter being sexually assaulted or sexually traumatized in one way or another is way higher than is acceptable to me as a parent. And so one of the driving forces behind my work is to do everything I fucking can to drop that those, those statistics, to degree, decrease that likelihood for my daughter, for every daughter, every woman, every mother, every... Um, uh, as well as men, I know I'm very well aware of a through my own traumatized history, as well as all the men I work with, how how common and underreported yeah. the trauma that that men and particularly boys end up experiencing, and then also to be that to be a role model for my son, to to be a a role model of what healthy. Uh, masculinity and healthy manhood can be uh, again it, it's very interesting um again in the midst of this gender revolution conversation that i find my place within that because I, I on one hand i want to hold space for my children to discover for themselves who they are period without me defining it for them or me limiting it in su- in one way or the other mm-hmm. and that includes their their expression around their gender that includes their expression around their sexuality and orientation and what have you in any and every other way possible and at the same time i want them to see the value in the feminine that exists within to see the value in the masculinity that that exists within that uh, I'm uh, my wife and I often kind of laugh about how since we have uh, married and particularly since we've become parents that we've fallen far more into many traditionally gendered roles than either one of us ever expected mm-hmm. uh, to fall into. But at the same time, they like they're working for us. They're where where the the ways in which it's true we're really enjoying and i think one of the things that helps it be enjoyable is it's not something that either one of us is making the other one do 
there as soon as you use a, a gender is a beautiful thing to explore and there's so much power in it and polarity playing with like okay i'm going to hold more of the masculine pole and mm-hmm. play with and you holding more of the feminine pole but it's different to so, know it and be intentional about it versus we're just sliding into this uh, and also uh, it's different versus using it as a cudgel or as a weapon against the other you're not being feminine enough you're not being masculine enough the expectation you, yeah the expectation and the you need to be this way in order mm-hmm. to be okay in order for me to accept you in order for you you to be loved mm-hmm. uh, that the, these are the play or or uh, fortunately we see far too many of these pseudo polarity co- coaches in in social media today particularly who who, who teach these things in a way that to me again it's like be this mm-hmm. or you're doing it wrong mm-hmm. And that, that is not where my messaging comes from. My messaging come, really is rooted in if we're, I think it's wonderful that we're seeing these, these energies, these gender, uh, masculine, feminine dynamics more freely and more openly. Like these are paints that you can, that you can play with as you choose, as you create the masterpiece that is your life. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And find yourself and be in your authentic truth. Yes. And a part that I think is missing from that conversation is almost every single one of us has wounds around our mas- the masculine part of ourselves. Every man has wounds around the masculine. Every woman has wounds around the masculine. Every woman has wounds around her feminine. Every man has wounds around their feminine. And so finding your, like really being in your authentic self, your, your truest expression, mm-hmm. you got to be asking yourself, is this really my truth or did I fall into this as part of my avoidance mechanisms or protective mechanisms um, out of, out of that, that fear, that pain or that wounding. Yeah. So when I was younger, I uh, like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty balanced individual in regards to my masculine and feminine. Uh, not everyone is. There are, are many men who are, who in, in their relaxed state are and will forever be, uh, more on what we'll say the, the masculine side of the spectrum than myself and those who no matter what would be more on the feminine side of the spectrum than myself. That's fine. However, there are many men who are more outwardly seeming on the more masculine side mm-hmm. who are suppressing or otherwise wounded around their feminine, are afraid of their feminine. Mm-hmm. And I just want them to come more into where is that actual authentic truth where there's no acting out of pain? There's no diminishment. There are men who are expressing more uh, on the feminine side, who that expression is just complete authentically where they feel their best. And there are those who learned how to be expressed more in their feminine because somehow it seems safer. They had early wounds around, uh, around masculinity or men that cut something off and then this seems safer. Yeah. I want wholeness. Mm. I want healing for every one of us. Well, I know we could continue on this forever. And unfortunately, we have to start wrapping up. But I think that's an important place to do it. And for folks who are listening and who are wanting to turn more towards wholeness, yeah. Um what are some first steps? You know, how can people get in touch with your work? Yeah. Um, I also like as a addendum question here. Um how do you make sure you're surrounding yourself with like positive checks and balances mm-hmm. and positive mentor type folks, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I want men to help men. I want women to help men. I want I want people to help people. Yeah. And sometimes there's, you know, it's hard to find. So how can people kind of start this, yeah. this journey? How can folks get in touch with you? Sure. So uh, first of all, I'm a very big fan of community and for, particularly for for men to have other men um uh whether you're born in a male body or uh, uh, or you have moved you identify in that direction and, and uh, want to be surrounded in that brother- brotherhood i think it's a very valuable and powerful for us um i've put a lot of pieces of my work on a little bit of a hiatus while i've been building out new ventures mm-hmm. but um I, I i still have an active facebook group called the evolved masculine brotherhood um uh facebook.com slash group slash you know what 
evolvenational.com slash brotherhood will get you there. Um, uh, And uh, my book, of course, The Evolved Masculine, Be the Man the World Needs, The One She Craves, um, Amazon and all the other places. Um, That will get you very deep through this whole journey of how to consciously create yourself as the kind of man that you want to be in in the world and get clear on what that even means and what, what a healthier, more evolved sense of masculinity would mean for you, as well as um, what I call sexual self-mastery, how you connect to your sexual energy and feel like you are in control of that energy versus yeah. it controlling you or it being stifled. This can lead to things like lasting longer or even as long as you want. I know, you'll have to come back because there's so many... All these things, all these things, and understanding women and the feminine being, yeah. you know, the other major section of the book. So um, those are great places to start. Connect with me on social media. I'm not super active at this moment, but if you say hi, I, yeah. I, I love to take notes. What are some of the things on the pipeline that yeah. you're... Uh teasing us with here so i just finished this um this short film project um that i spent over a year working on and um it's a little it's hot and and i really like to think of it as it's a it's an it's a transmission via art of all the things that i really stand for of, of like what does it really mean to like embody that that um empowered yet heart centered and connected uh masculine sensual sexual powerful way of being Mm -hmm. with particularly with a woman i I shot i shot this with my wife i wrote produced directed and co-starred in Uh, i don't recommend by the way i don't (laughs) recommend holding all those hats it's a fucking lot not to mention all the micromanaging that i did of everything in between but i'm very very happy with the output but now i have to wait a year before putting out publicly because where i i've gotten significant um nudges from people to know to be putting this to the film festival circuit cool congrats um, yeah it's called seductive devotion oh yeah all right well we'll have to have you back when that's out so we can uh, explore that further yeah thank you for having me on thank you so much for sharing um again listeners if you want to follow what i'm doing i'm on instagram at sluts and scholars on twitter at slut scholars you can listen anywhere you get your podcasts or at sluts and scholars.com we'll put the links to everything uh, he was talking about in the description and please don't forget to rate and review preferably with a nice one and uh, check out those advertising discounts yeah thank you so much Sluts and Scholars is a podcast produced by Sluts and Scholars Media, LLC. It is a shame-free educational podcast made for your entertainment and informational desires only. The podcast, any opinions we share, and any resources, including social media and emails from us, are not therapy, medical care, or professional advice, and do not create a patient-client relationship. None of the information, opinions, suggestions, resources, or exercises mentioned in this podcast should be used without clearance from your healthcare provider. All opinions, information, and ideas expressed by the guests are solely their own. If you need emergency mental health or medical help, please call 911 or 988 or go to your nearest emergency center. We hope you enjoy the show.